Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts. We provide wisdom for personal growth and healthy relationships. Stick with us and you'll gain practical tools and insights that will help you be a healthier and happier you. Hi, everyone. Welcome to our podcast today. We are going to be talking about how to find a therapist. Since we have started our podcast, we've had a lot of people more interested in therapy. And so what we want to do is help you guys find a therapist who is right for you. Now, one thing that I think is very important to know is that not all therapists are the same. Mental health is very wide and deep. There's so many different types of therapeutic approaches, so many different types of people who engage as therapists. In order to understand what's going to work best for you, we want to give you guys a general outline of the types of therapy and things you can ask your therapist to identify if they would be a good fit for you. I think something else to consider too is that just because therapists have gone through a similar or the same level of education does not mean that they are all the same in actual practice. Just like a medical doctor, there are some doctors that kind of rise to the top and are the cream of the crop, and there's some that are going to be on the lower tier level. A part of that may be just skill level. Another part of that may be experience level, because I can definitely tell you when I first started off as a therapist, I wasn't great. Now, getting a higher tier level therapist oftentimes comes with a higher level of cost. Now, if you want to go with a therapist who doesn't have as much experience or doesn't have as high a skill level, they might be less expensive, but that's also something to consider when you're choosing your therapist is the price range. If you're feeling like, well, I just need a little bit of tune-up and I'm definitely willing to let a newer therapist give it a go, then that's absolutely fine. But if you're finding yourself in deep emotional difficulty or your marriage in a really negative spot that you're not sure if it's going to make it out of, I definitely think it's worth the value to ensure that you're getting a therapist who's going to be able to meet your needs. So newer therapists aren't bad. That's not at all what we're saying. But there is something to say about experience. So it could be maybe they're a new therapist, but they have a ton of experience. And that's good. That's a great place to be at. So it's not necessarily a matter of are they a new therapist, but more looking at what have they experienced? What kind of wisdom, insight, knowledge do they have? And how do they apply it to therapy? So like Tim said, there are so many different types of therapy out there. So we're not going to be able to go into all the different types of therapy. But we'll talk about a couple of the main ones. So CBT, or cognitive behavioral therapy, is one of the most common forms of treatment. And it's often combined with other therapies to treat thoughts to change behaviors. So what you'll do is you'll work one-on-one with your therapist in order to explore negative thoughts that lead to self-destructive feelings and actions. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to figure out the cognitive, right, so the negative thoughts that lead to then behavior change. And this can work well for a lot of different people. Another type of therapy is DBT, or dialectical behavioral therapy. And like CBT, this also has a goal of changing your behaviors. However, DBT also teaches you to accept your negative emotions rather than eliminating them. And that allows you to kind of find a healthy balance between the two. Because you don't want emotions to run your life, but you don't want to completely eliminate them. So DBT works well with allowing you to really acknowledge them and be mindful with your emotions especially. DBT teaches you to increase your distress tolerance, regulate your emotions, and like I said, be mindful while triggering events are occurring. So it really has a balance of the changing the behavior as well as the emotional part of it. The next type of therapy to be aware of is solution-focused therapy. 
Now, in solution-focused therapy, the idea behind that is what you're really going after is trying to find the solution to your problem. You're not trying to figure out what the origin of that problem is to understand it better. You're just looking for what can I do now to fix the problem that I'm encountering. Now, this actually is one of my favorite forms of therapy. It's something I regularly do, and it's actually kind of in direct opposition to the other type of therapy I like to do, which is EMDR, which is literally going back to your past problems, fixing those past problems and being able to move on. In Solution Focused, what it basically is doing is giving you a lot of guiding directive assistance in how to approach each problem in a different way and viewing those problems as challenges to be overcome. In Solution Focused, you definitely want to be looking at things as what's going well as opposed to what's going wrong, and then reinforcing and using more of what's going well. And then there's specific trauma therapy. And even under this realm, there are so many different types of therapies. For example, some of them, like we talked about EMDR, so eye movement desensitization reprocessing. There's also TRM, which is trauma resilience model. There's trauma-focused cognitive behavioral therapy. There's brain spotting. There's a lot out there. But a lot of the other therapies that we talked about today also can help with trauma. Just know that there are therapies that are specifically for trauma. One of the types of therapy is called Rogerian therapy. And in Rogerian therapy, what they're doing is they're trying to create what's called unconditional positive regard. And it's a situation where when you're seeing your therapist, you will have no fear of being judged or, or looked down on in any way for the feelings that you're experiencing. Now, along with this is that they're not going to give you any type of guiding direction because that would not be creating a situation for unconditional positive regard if they're telling you're doing things wrong and you need to do them this way. So if you really just need emotional support where someone's just going to listen to you, they're going to create an atmosphere where you can just say whatever you need to say and know you're not going to be judged by that, that's a great and wonderful therapeutic technique to engage in. The downside on this is if you are looking for specific guiding directions, someone to tell you how to handle situations differently, Rogerian's not going to be the thing for you. Being aware of that and knowing this is what happens in this type of therapy is important for you to understand, do I want to choose this type of therapy or not? And the final type of therapy that we're going to discuss today is group therapy. And this is a form of psychotherapy that allows a group of people to come together with one or more therapists. And they're usually focused on a specific topic. And they provide a safe setting where people can come together and they can ask questions, get guidance from a therapist, but also from each other. So although a lot of people think, well, that's not for me, don't discount it because there is a lot of benefit that can come from this. And the group setting really allows you to know that you're not alone in this and you're not isolated in this specific problem or issue that you're struggling with. And it can kind of act as a support system for people who don't want to share certain things with family and friends. But also another piece of group is that they will educate you and they'll give you information about whatever issue that you're coming together on. The other thing that's really nice about group therapy is that generally the cost of going to group therapy is a lot less than going to individual therapy or couples therapy. You can even find some group therapy sessions where they might be free of charge. So if you're looking to enter into therapy and you have low means right now or are struggling financially, these are definitely something that you want to look into. And there are so many different types of group therapy. You can have group therapy for almost anything. So we've done boundaries groups before. There are grief groups, depression groups, divorce groups, eating disorder groups. There are so many groups out there that can offer you the support that you need in any area. 
So now what we want to do is give you some questions that you can ask your potential therapist or you can ask your therapist on your first meeting. Because one of the things when you're trying to find a therapist you'll find is that sometimes you'll get direct contact with the therapist or sometimes you'll get contact with the secretary. If you're just getting contact with the secretary, you're probably going to have to wait to talk to the therapist in your first session. But then there's a lot of times where you might call up and you're getting direct contact with the therapist. So a lot of these therapists that you'll get direct contact with, they'll spend a little bit of time and they'll chat with you a little bit about what's kind of going on. And then you can ask them these questions to identify if they're the right therapist for you. But if you're just getting their secretary, you can ask them, hey, can I set up a time where I can just talk to them a little bit, see if they'd be a good fit. But sometimes they'll just say, no, you just have to set up an appointment and get to meet them which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but you do want to make sure that when you're meeting with your therapist for the first time, you do interview them a little bit to see, are they going to be a good fit? You definitely don't want to be sitting with them for six months down the line and then figuring out, oh, they're not really doing therapy the way that I was seeking for therapy. You want to find out right at the very beginning so that you can get the benefit that you're looking for out of therapy. Feel empowered in this. You have the right to not continue with a therapist that you feel isn't a good fit for you. I know that I'm not the right therapist for everybody. There are a lot of clients that I refer to Tim because I think, oh, he's going to be a better match. Or we have a list of colleagues that we refer to because we know that they specialize in certain areas or they work well with this population. Just know that it's okay to walk away and don't worry about offending the therapist because you're looking for a right fit and a right match for you that will help you progress and really heal from the things that you're looking to heal from. So a good question to always ask your therapist or your potential therapist is, what population do you specialize in? What groups do you regularly work with? So if you want to bring your child into therapy and you ask them, well, what population do you specialize? And they're like, well, I specialize in couples and geriatrics. Then you might want to seek another therapist because they haven't done a lot of work with kids or they might not even like working with kids. As a matter of fact, there's plenty of therapists who prefer not to work with kids. They don't like working with them. Now, most of the time they won't necessarily tell you that outright because then they're turning away money if they say that. But you can ask them what populations do you specialize in. And if they say everything except for what you're looking for, there's probably a good chance that they don't feel comfortable working with that population or they don't prefer working with them. And there are so many good child therapists. And so if you are trying to bring your child or your teenager in, make sure that you find someone that specializes in that because there are people that love to work with that population and your child can benefit so much from them. And in kind of along the same line, if you know what you're going in for, just ask them, do you have experience working with clients who struggle with whatever your issue is. So PTSD, depression, adultery, eating disorders. You just want to make sure that you can ask them specifically if they've worked with clients who have struggled with that. Or another way to ask them is, what's your experience treating my particular issue? And just allow them room to talk and room to share. Another question you can ask is, what is your therapeutic style like? Do you take more directive approach or more of a listening approach? And that will help you figure out, are they more of like a CBT or solution-focused therapist, or are they more of a Rogerian therapist? And then for you to understand, okay, yeah, they do what I'm looking for, or, oh, actually, they're doing that other type of therapy that I'm not so interested in. And then just some logistical questions. You can ask them, how much do you charge per session? Do you accept insurance? What's your availability like? So if you specifically need to be seen on Saturday or Sundays, or if you specifically need to be seen at nights, I would ask them that. 
I think another thing that's important to be aware of is the frequency which you're going to be able to meet with your therapist. Now, if your therapist is really booked out and you can only get to see them every other week or once a month, depending on your situation, that may not be the best fit. If your relationships are really struggling or you're really having difficult emotions that you need more frequent management with, you're going to want to look for a therapist who is more available. Even though that other therapist might be phenomenal, if they can't meet your needs, you really need to find somebody who can. You can ask them if they're doing in-person therapy or if they're or if they're online and doing telehealth. Another question I like, and this is actually something I really like when potential patients ask me this, is can you explain to me how you can help me with these problems? And I like that because I know at the end of that question, people are going to want to hire me as their therapist because I can instill a lot of confidence in them that, okay, yes, absolutely, this person sounds like they know what they're talking about and the things they're describing That is absolutely something that I want to be able to achieve at the end of therapy. That's a thing that I think is important for you to feel as a client that you want to know that this person can help you with what you're looking for because we're not going into therapy to have paid friends. We're going into therapy to have specific problems addressed and solved. And I would sit down and kind of just know what you're looking for. If you've had therapy in the past, you may even look at your past experience and kind of have a sense of what you really liked about your past therapist. And things that you really didn't like or things that kind of rubbed you the wrong way, but you just let slide. Because knowing what it is that you're looking for will help you find a better fit. And this could even be something as simple as character traits, right? So knowing things like, I want someone who is more empathetic and will listen and share that with me. Or do I want someone that will challenge me and direct me without any of the sugarcoating? So if you're able to have that conversation, like Tim was talking about, with the therapist, You'll begin to start to get a feel for if this is a right fit for you or not. But also, like I said, know that you may have one or two meetings with them and then you may decide to not meet with them again. And that's okay. So don't feel like once you found a therapist, this is your therapist for life. Because I do think a lot of people get stuck in that and they feel like, well, I've already started seeing them. But you want to find the right fit for you. And I would even say a good question to ask is, would I refer my friends and family to this person? Because maybe there's some things that you would put up with that you would never refer to your friends and family. So that's kind of a good question to figure out if you are happy and you found a right fit for you. All right, guys, we really hope that this episode sets you up to be able to find a therapist who will help you to meet your goals. And we look forward to seeing you in the next one. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it helpful, we'd love for you to take some time and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. If you have a question or a topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group, Mr. and Mrs. Therapy Podcast, and let us know. Disclaimer, although we are mental health providers, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide diagnosis or treatment. Please seek professional help if you're struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or call the National Suicide Hotline at 988 if you are contemplating suicide.